0: Yes, folks, it's Thursday, July 11th, it's 2 p.m., which means this must be Pillars of Franchising, broadcasting the secrets of success in franchising. I'm Fred McMurray, and I'm with my wonderful co-host, Ray Pillar and Holly A. Ford. We got some great guests, but before that, you know the drill. Ray, Holly, <laughs> how you doing? Is this is Thursday? fantastic. It is Thursday, my friend.
1: There's only one good thing about Thursday besides the show. How'd you tell? It's the day before Friday. I'll give you that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me a the checkbox. There you go. Ray, hey, do the honors. Start off. The, get your weather report.
3: <laughs>
0: well, I I just wanna tell you, this is my this is my first day. Um back in the office since a, a two-week trip, so I'm happy it's Thursday because there's only three days left in the work week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three days. That's funny. <laughs> so, Ray, what's the weather report, and where are you?
1: Well, I am uh, in beautiful Aurora, Illinois, and the sun is shining. The temperature is 87 degrees. Uh, which is kind of cool because it's been in the 90s the last couple of days. But other than that, um, I'm enjoying the, the the dry weather. We haven't had any rain in a while, which is refreshing. But uh, how about you, Holly? Where are you at?
2: My phone says I'm in Palm Harbor, and it's 83 degrees, and it's got these amazing sky. So it, there's black skies and then the sun comes out and I'm overlooking some beautiful water. And I, I am very, very happy uh, not to be in Cincinnati where it's 92 and muggy. So uh, there you go. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: we uh, we just had a chance to visit with Fred. When, when was that, Fred? Was that Tuesday?
3: Uh, when was yeah. You, when
1: were you here?
0: I was there. Yeah. Well actually I just got back in uh ten hours traveling yesterday back from Chicago where I saw you in Naperville at uh what was it? Um Bracone's pizza. Um Yeah. Tuesday night. Nice. Right. Yeah. How many well, new friends? Was a nice meeting.
3: Yeah.
2: So I gotta right. ask, when are you guys coming out to Cincinnati for our live turkey drop? actually, actually well, Thanksgiving. There you go. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fitting? I
1: want to visit WKRP.
0: If we I'm, can do, I'm
2: taking you there.
0: Okay, so will they do? Will they actually do a turkey drop out in Thanksgiving?
2: Well, we can do it because we can execute anything. We always do, right?
0: If you'll right. organize a turkey, ter- <laughs> if you'll organize a turkey drop for Thanksgiving, I'll be there. Um,
2: <laughs> Consider it done, my friend.
0: All right, so I'll do it. but
2: I won't even uh, cook you off the whole time.
0: Uh well that we'll see if that happens. Um we'll play the turkey. We'll, we'll we'll play the turkey. Um turkey call later. Uh we do need to end up working out however. I think down the next trip of Chicago for IFE, um I think we can work something out for a trip back to Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, that'd,
3: that'd be, that'd be sept- great.
0: Mid September. I'll give okay. you a ride.
1: Fred all right. No
0: so, so the the mobile broadcasting studio one will have to just pick some franchisees along the way to stop in and visit.
2: Yeah. Oh, I've got yeah, a few of them like when you get here. On trip. Too. Oh, we'll have a yeah, time. but
0: <laughs> you have to be you have to be in um, you have to be in Chicago too for IFE. So.
2: Oh yeah. All right. So we're gonna have like this major ro- road trip. We all converge yeah. to Chicago. And then, and we then head back to use th- our mobile unit.
0: <laughs> mobile studio one, yeah. Ray will have to get Ray some of the –
2: We'll head back.
0: we we'll put some signage on it. Um, not, we yeah. don't want to obscure the um, –
2: Signage. Ba- we want graffiti. Come on, Fred. You well, no, I mean,
0: I'm not going to mess up the beautiful, you know, flames. Um, so we just need to integrate pillars into the frame correctly. Right?
2: <laughs> All right, all right. We can use some of that, like window paint, right? Can't we? I'm fine with it. If you like killer, yeah. Yeah, So we've got thousands of listeners every month now. So you know, just uh, thanks all of the audience out there that's listening to us. You know, be absolute. uh, I don't know. What are we? professionals That's what we are, and we're just really grateful for the listens and we're really excited for you know we booked about 25 new guests here from some great franchise concepts some great franchise professionals and we just thank everybody for listening and we hope to keep you know great content coming to you if you want to sponsor pillars um you're welcome to we've got a great sponsorship package and we'd love to um, hear your interest on that and contact um Fred if you want to do that.
0: Wow. It's nice to hear that, isn't it? Brad? Wow.
2: Yeah. So uh, That's
0: if, cool. if if all Thanks, goes Holly. well if all goes well with our new producer, then you'll be able to be watching this video as I am and seeing Holly's smiling face and determining whether or not she's actually flipping me off. Um <laughs> Because that's half the fun, oh, folks. Oh man,
2: you know I broke the middle nail of my left hand, so I'm I'm relegated to one finger on the right. It's just, it's it's not good, man. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. So we need to l- let us move onward and upward um, to our first guest, who um, I've known for a while as he's kind of moved into being the only uh, Molly Maid franchisee in the U.S. who actually does a major metro area. Um, Ray, why don't you introduce our guest?
1: I'd love to. So I'd like to introduce Arnie Meister, who is uh, a good friend of mine, and uh, we've uh, celebrated a lot at the conventions, Molly Maid Conventions, and he is a fantastic owner. He is growing by leaps and bounds, and he's... uh, like you had mentioned, slightly outside the model by being an inner-city type Molly Maid because uh, majority, if not all, of the other Molly Maids are suburban. Um, so I'd like to introduce Arnie. Arnie, how are you doing today?
4: Good, Ray. Good, all of you as well. Um, just as everyone says, living the dream, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I hate that phrase, but it just seems fitting at the moment.
2: How about dreaming the
4: light? So wait, uh, there you go. Yeah. What would that so be?
1: So, sure. more accurate. Uh, how far are, are you from Lake Michigan?
4: Um, the office or my home? Um, about a, about a mile, maybe two miles from the office.
1: Wow. Yeah. So you 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 could just run right over there if you wanted to.
4: Well, actually, I used to do that when I well, I trained for the Chicago Marathon a few years back, and so I used to run to the lake and then um, run along the lake for you know, a whole summer until I Mm
3: -hmm.
4: actually ran the marathon. So,
3: so
0: question in your marathon training, Mm -hmm.
4: did you employ a, a
0: big dog chasing you, um, to help (laughs) get faster?
4: I did not. Um, okay. Just music. I played (laughs) music, but the, though the day of the marathon, um, at mile 20, maybe 21, my music died. Um, so when you really want to be in your head and not in reality, um, I was quite in reality. That was so I mean, when you've trained with music and then your music uh-huh. is gone, it's very difficult. <laughs> but I finished. So that's all that counts. So,
2: so Arnie, so, what music were you listening
4: to? I, I put a whole thing together. You know, I, you know, I made a mix of, like, all my old favorites from childhood up to present. So it kept, kept me going until it stopped going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I died I'm, but I still I still continue uh,
3: I got to tell
0: you when I'm in cardiac rehab um it's a lot harder to do it if I don't have uh, the headset with the music on or um or when I'm at the gym and have so I understand that um you know doing doing the gym sessions and for the as we all know um it it helps have music I get that. Well, yeah, but
4: especially when you're training, I don't know if any one of you have run a marathon, but when you're training for a marathon, you only train up to about 20 21 miles. So for those last 6 miles, I'd never even trained for it. So to have the music stop and not have trained to go that far was just really hard. <laughs> but you finished. I did. <laughs> yeah. I said no yeah. matter what I was going to finish. If I had to crawl across there I was going to finish, so.
1: That's awesome. So, Arnie, Let's let's get back to uh, talking about franchises. So you you have a fantastic franchise going. And how long ago did you start?
4: I opened in December of 2014. Oh, it's a wow, little over four and a half not years. Not that long ago. No? Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, how were you able to overcome the obstacles of getting your teams to uh, the different homes?
4: Well, I guess I never looked at it as an obstacle. you know It's just what we had to do um mm. some of the things that were difficult was that in you know in suburbs when you bring the when the mates go they have their cars and they park in someone's garage and in the city you don't have a garage um so yeah. there's there's metered parking, and the customers have to pay for the parking so there's just a bunch of different kinds of things you need to do. That are different than the suburbs, but I didn't know any better because it, I I didn't do the suburbs. So for me, I just learned as I went along. So you just I just did it. You just got the ladies out, and you know they would call on a regular basis and say, I can't find parking. I think they really wanted to say, well, okay, no big deal, just come back to the office. But I always said, you just drop the people off, and you find a space, and you just keep going. That's kind of the way I've, I keep running my business today. You just keep going. You don't stop
2: yeah that's, and for those of way. for those of our audience members that are not familiar with what you're doing that maybe have gotten this a link rather than uh finding it on pillars with the with the, with your bio can you tell us can you tell our audience a little bit about what you do what your franchise is and sure. how you add value to everyone's life
4: yeah so Molly made it, it's a cleaning service that's been around for over thirty five years so uh, doing something right to be around as long as it has um we have teams of two that go to people's homes. So we clean homes. We also clean some offices and, you know, uh, buildings and hallways and things like that. And uh, uh, we are, the business continues to grow. Being in the city, we have a lot of, like, move-in, move-out type cleans um, because these condos are continuing to be, you know, turned, turned over. So we get a lot of business in that direction. Um, but our, we just continue to grow our teams. Right now, we've got 12 to 13 teams, uh, dependent on, on the day and, and the need. And uh, we continue to grow. And so we've been very lucky and, um, that we are growing and uh, just got to keep in that same direction. Yes, at,
1: at a phenomenal rate, awesome. as a matter of fact. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I, I have the opportunity to, to see the numbers. Uh, on a weekly basis and uh, I, I think Arnie you have a lot to be proud of what one of the questions that comes to mind is, uh, right now I know a, a lot of uh, franchise owners are having problems uh, finding employees uh, have you had any difficulty or, or, sure. or are you doing something unusual
4: well I mean we use um, Facebook we got a lot of employees from Facebook and we use Indeed and we use ZipRecruiter and um, and word-of-mouth but it's it's tough the problem with with the staff is that um there's not a lot you know probably half of my staff has been there for a decent amount of time and half c- continues to turn over and and a lot of the a lot of the mates you know they'll quit without giving any notice they'll just won't show up you know so uh, you always have to have more maids so we continue to hire I mean some Molly made said from the beginning that you you're you're always hiring and I didn't understand it but we are always hiring because you can lose four people in a week that affects your business big time so if you've got customers that want to be cleaned and you don't have the maids to clean it that's a missed opportunity I don't I, I don't stand for missed opportunity so we're continuing to hire Constantly, always. Um, the only Arnie I think that is, was is the that
2: thing wrapped that, into the? Go ahead. I'm
1: sorry, Brett, Ray, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask. Arnie, I, I was going to say. I think that was a, a first thing that surprised me. I came from uh, managing uh, technical people, and uh, you know, you hired somebody and they stayed on, and if they're if they going to quit, they gave you two weeks' notice, and you fired wow. and you hired somebody else. But in this business, it's it's more like you say the door has to be constantly open. You have to constantly be hiring people because uh, you know it, they fall off the back end, so to speak. So it, it's it's yeah. just a, a just a different uh, a different mode. Uh, and it was quite surprising to me. As I'm sure it was to you, Arnie, uh, trying to find people uh, and then and manage them as well. It's it's a it's, a, it's an entirely different way of doing things from a uh, uh, owner perspective. Yeah,
4: and I had never managed manage. before. I mean, I was in the investment industry. I was a mm-hmm. national account manager. So I I never really managed mm-hmm. people. I had never run my own business. So it was all a learning experience, you know, and then just dealing with the mates and, and just their day-to-day issues. Sure. and But, what, what you know, as time was going on, I have other people that manage the mates. So that helps. <laughs> so I'm not in the, uh-huh. the, in the weeds because I, I don't I, – I would never treat someone in the way that, you know, not giving any notice, just quitting, not calling. I mean, I don't, I've never, I would never treat that, treat someone that way. I would never expect to be treated that way. And I, I lose patience with it. So I have to have other people do it because otherwise I lose patience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Arnie, Arnie, I have a question for you regarding your, your comment before, you know, that the door is always open and revolving. And, you know, I respect that in the model. Is that is that built in for for our listeners that are looking at perhaps buying a Molly made franchise new or resale? Are are those numbers built in your performa? Are they able to see, you know, hey, you really want to hire, you know, two more than you actually need maybe for the demand, and you you're actually you know increasing the supply at a, at a much higher rate than the demand is coming in? Is that built into the performa so they're not um, you know, the, as you know, so they're as lean as they can be, but still optimizing their business.
0: Man, you violated the seven and nine rule on question length.
2: Um, you <laughs> lost me fun. you, you lost me I about eighteen to
0: words ago. So, how about restating yeah, it? In yeah, yeah, but brief Arnie
2: got form. it. No, Arnie understood it, didn't you, Arnie?
4: I did, So yeah. if, so when, if when you're I first, not Arnie, dumb it down. <laughs> when I first started, yeah, I mean, I figured, all right, I just need two people. Not a big deal. My
3: fingers um, up, Fred.
4: <laughs> but um,
3: <laughs> Thank you, Dave.
4: That's, there, there's risk with that because if you just hire two people and one of them is sick or both of them are sick, you're in a lot of trouble. So um, I immediately hired a third person, and then very quickly after that, another two people and and this, the larger you get the more people you you need to continue to hire as backup people because if you don't you're in trouble if they quit or they call in sick or or anything like that you just you have to have enough people so I'd rather have four or five extra people yeah. I don't I could have six or seven extra people I'd be fine with that don't have a problem at all
2: and a follow-up are they are they independent contractors or are they um you know, full um, you know W two employees. They're full W two employees. Awesome.
1: Yeah, the franchise requires that, I believe. I think so. As well.
2: That that's awesome. That's 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 legally protective for those of you out there listening. I know a, a lot of the service mm-hmm. industries. Um, Ten ninety nine, they're they're contractors, or they're not their contractors. They're actual employees. Um, because, it, you know, they think it saves them payroll expenses, but on the, on the back end of it, the legal implications, you know, if you're controlling that person's time and they need to be at a certain spot, legally you're responsible to making sure that, that that employee is a W-2, not a 1099, and I'm so happy to hear that Molly Maid does it right.
4: And we do criminal background yep. checks on all of our people as well. So, I mean, that's a big sales point. When I go in to do estimates and I'm mm-hmm. talking to customers and I tell them we're bonded and insured, we do criminal background checks on all of our people so they can feel safe having somebody in their home. Not to say something can't Absolutely. happen, it has, but it just, it's a, I think it makes people feel comfortable. Uh, right. I think
3: that's
0: required as
4: well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so.
0: All right, so, so I'll Fred, ask a Yes, I'm going to ask a question there. All right, so it, I already have been talking with uh, one guy on, on the, the live chat, so uh, he's got questions coming up. Um, While let everyone know they can dial in at 323-580-5755 and, and ask questions, or you can hit the chat at the website, which there's more and more people growing there. So um, uh, other than that, what I want to ask is, so you're five years, almost five years in, your top 10% in or top 10 in the nation growth as a, a new franchisee and you picked the city to go do this the, uh, a major metro city area which is the only one in the nation. What made you decide to pick the city rather than picking a suburb?
4: Well I live in the city. That's a big part of it. So my office is actually five minutes from my apartment, so that helps a great deal. And I'm I'm comfortable with the city, and I know the city, and I know the people, and I know the different areas. So I think it helped me to understand where these people were going and where I needed to focus. You know where I was going to put my marketing dollars. And um, and it's when it's worked. It's there's you know different kinds of issues that come up in the city that that are not in the suburbs, but, um, it's all I know. And so I felt comfortable with it and it all gets down to feeling comfortable, you know, <laughs> quick story. So I was in the investment industry for oh, years and years and years. I never really, I, I made a decent amount of money, so I kept going with it, but I never really liked it. And I never really had the huge understanding of how it all worked, but this, I can wrap my hands around it. I can wrap my head around it. I know how it works. I made sure that I did every single thing when I started. I learned everything. So there wasn't anything that I wasn't able to do. I didn't want to feel foolish running a business. So there's nothing that I can't do in the business. Uh, so I never have to feel that I, 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 I have to count on one person in particular to get something done. I could do any of it. Not to say I don't have very strong people in my office, and I, I could not do it without them. I don't know how I w- could ever run it without them. But I understand how it all works and that really is important.
3: Love it. <laughs> you don't
0: you don't think I missed the fact that he uh used the M word and, and 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 said Fred's magic word? Did you? No. What was, was the word? Well I could Marketing.
1: I thought it went right over your head.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: no, um, I I caught that he said the marketing word. Um, so, how's marketing in the city different than than marketing in the burbs?
4: Well, I mean, so I don't know exactly what everyone's doing in the burbs. I know that there's um, uh, some less expensive. Marketing ideas and concepts that work in the burbs that are not even available in the city. So the pieces that I use are very expensive. I'm spending probably seventy-five hundred dollars to eight thousand dollars a month on marketing. But again, it's uh, that's postcards, targeted postcards, and these marketing booklets um, that uh, that I'm working with a, a, a company that goes out to different regions, different areas within my region. Um, so I'm spending a great deal of money on it, um, and with MediaVine, you've helped with Facebook, and that that's helped as well. And uh, you know, so I just try I try to keep it very um, targeted, and we watch where the sales are going and and where the how the right households are with the largest you know incomes, and so we focus. Everything that we do is very focused.
0: So then yeah. the last question I'll ask about that is uh, how's your target market, the people that you market to, What's the, how's that different where you are than most franchisees in the verbs?
4: Well, I think that you're still going to look for the same amount of household income, right? So, I mean, we're probably right. still looking for that. Um, so the the city has, you know, different pockets of where that income falls. So I think we're, no matter where we are, we're still looking for the same amount of household income. The thing is in the city, I don't have really that many families, right? I have a lot of, um, you know, younger, younger people, I suppose. My average customer is probably somewhere between, you know, 23 and 45, and I don't okay. think the households in the suburbs would be older, but the households in the suburbs—if you think about it—they're they're more stable, right? And people are been in their houses for years. Here in the city, it it moves.
0: Okay, so Ray, um, I know in your territory, in the burbs, your um, clients tend to be the majority female, correct? uh yes,
1: and uh you know it's a family household uh with, with uh, you know income like Arnie says is probably about the same, but we would probably uh look for homeowners uh whereas I would imagine maybe in Arnie's case, it would be uh closer to uh, apartment and condo type owners exactly. yeah. uh um
4: I would take the the homeowners but there's there's not as many oh, yeah. big ha- houses in the city that there are in the suburbs. Yeah,
1: so looking at a typical uh, our typical is a, is a housewife uh, with with a family of uh, you know two to four kids or whatever and and a homeowner um with a, with a home around probably around 200,000,
0: 250,000 something like that. So there you go gendering it again. So he said housewife, <laughs> so is and and Holly should be jumping in and asking this why she's not getting the woman. woman's plan right? um, It
2: is all good. <laughs>
0: um, is 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 it the the woman that's uh, your primary or uh, overwhelming or how does how does the I have a
4: lot of male clients, a lot of male clients a lot of them. I
0: think I have some input on this that
5: actually makes sense of that. Um, So, demographically speaking, uh, women make 80% of the purchasing decisions in a given household by survey statistically. That's what I
0: think you meant to say, right? Wow. Fair enough. That's our next guest, folks. We'll be getting him soon.
2: Oh,
0: Yeah, that's
2: awesome. Thanks. No, Jason, that was good. Thanks, Thank you.
4: I just have a lot of guys that are living alone that aren't even married, right? Um, mm. So I have a, okay. a lot of a lot of those.
2: So Arnie, when you're doing those demographics, um, you know, are you are you literally geo-targeting? Or you know, I've, I mean, obviously more layers than geography. But are you targeting household income? Are you targeting family size? Are you targeting median house? How how uh, are you doing household, that? Household just, you know, income, but it has
4: been very helpful. So we have a okay. um, uh, an account exec that works with us. And so she actually looks through all I don't have to go through all the data. She looks through all the data, looks at the household income, all of that, and then we decide where to target. So, there, I mean, it's very Got helpful it. to have a franchise behind you, right? Because, as I said, I had never run a business before, and I couldn't have – without Molly Maid, I wouldn't have anywhere near the success. If it was Arnie's cleaning service, it just would it wouldn't be the same. So MallyMate's been so effective and helpful in, in helping me grow. I I could never have done it on my own. Impossible. And that okay. is the advantage of
1: owning a franchise. So a franchise. Oh my god, also, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean this and, is, uh, just uh, the
3: operations and the systems and, yeah, and yeah, all of and that.
1: I, I need to get that in there. And also Arnie is uh we have an unusual situation in the uh in the Chicago land is Arnie is part of the Chicagoland Co-op, uh, and we all put into a fund for SEO, search engine optimization. So, uh, if it wasn't for that, it would have, uh, our uh, marketing costs would be, uh, and you know, beyond our limit.
2: Absolutely. Okay.
0: All right. So then, the last question will the last question I'll ask because. Um, it's on my mind, um, because okay. Ray's got, uh, he's working on, a, a another, uh, women's, uh, Planet. <laughs> sorry, no, a domestic violence awareness show. Um, mm-hmm. all Molly's have, uh, some, uh, French or sorry, an organization they support in, uh, domestic violence awareness. Who do you have? Who do you support?
4: You mean Ms. Molly, you're talking about Ms. Molly?
0: Yeah. Who's your Ms. Molly Foundation choice?
4: Oh, okay. Honestly, truly I can't even think of the name. I can't think of the name.
3: We'll find that's, it out. <laughs> okay. okay.
4: <laughs> yeah, because uh, any any
1: money that goes into Ms. Molly can go to any right.
3: of
4: yeah, the other uh, I give other, a check. I give, uh, a, I give a check yeah. once a year to to this um the foundation. Um but I just can I can't think of the name. Here's right. The thing. It's, it's something that it, I, should, been, yeah. it, it, it's I should, yeah, I should be promote. I should be, uh, it's, it's, so it's, you know, we just have a certain amount coming out of every, um, have a certain amount come out of every queen uh, that goes to the foundation. Um, right. Which is wonderful. I should be promoting the foundation more than I do. I honestly, truly don't. My fault. I think it would actually help. Um, and it's something that I have not really focused on. They get the money from each paycheck, but I don't really discuss it with customers. And I think that it would make sense to do that. I just have not. It's, it, not, it part of my, it's not part of my spiel. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. it really
1: helps it's, uh, to, to mention that. I know there are, are a few uh, Molly Mae franchise who are not necessarily involved in it. And I think it's to their detriment because anytime I've mentioned it in the process of uh, uh, interviewing a, a client, uh, I mean they, they they were really appreciative of it, and it, it you know the side effect of course is that it it it's good for business.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't do everything right, and that's some that's some place that I have fallen short of. I would say, mm-hmm. and I'd be the first to admit it that I have. Um, just reality, you know.
1: Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Well, I think Fred is anxious to take us to the last question, Fred.
0: Yes, go ahead, Ray, you- and then we'll pause. <laughs> All, <laughs> All right,
1: perfect. so if someone lives near the North Shore, Arnie, and they need to have their home cleaned, how do they get a hold of you?
4: Call our office. And our <laughs> if, yep. we were really- if I'm really selling myself, our office is 312 763 Five
1: two zero zero. Fantastic. Uh, awesome. Thank, thank Arnie, you, sir. it's
4: a
2: pleasure to meet
4: you. Oh, it's yes. very nice meeting you as well. I feel so bad. I can't think thank of the name you. of the um, the foundation I support, but I'm trying to look it up right now as we're speaking. So.
2: That, okay, let's put it <laughs> well, in the blog we'll after, in, after the show. For I'll sure. put
4: it in the blog afterwards. No problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll see you in you. San Antonio. Yes, absolutely. Um, um, all right. With that, we'll remind our listeners they can either hit us at the live chat. And I know uh, at least one of our get, one of our uh, listeners is really looking forward to our next guest, uh, but you can call in at 323 580 <laughs> That's 323-580-5755. And now a word from our first sponsor, if I can find it on the thing Because I lost my glasses in Chicago, but that's life.
2: Oh,
3: Zarian
2: Firm International Business Brokers is truly unique in the business resale space. While the average business broker uses one standard multiplier across all businesses and industries to value a business, Zarian Firm is the only business brokerage that looks at the five factors of distinction in each individual business. This gives our sellers a true value and our buyers a fair price. Zarian offers sellers the choice of three marketing packages based on how quickly they want to sell their business. But all of our businesses sell 33% faster than the industry norm.
0: Zarian Firm International Business Brokers connects premium investors with validated business opportunities.
4: Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of The Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest-reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com, or feel free to call us on
0: 800-321-6072. And we're back. Um. Uh, Arnie's dropped off, and we'll go to our next guest, who we heard briefly from in a scintillating—it's uh, not a trailer, it's know Order, the hell that is. So we're going to let Holly
2: scintillating.
0: <laughs> we're going to let Holly introduce our our, our next guest. Um, I will say that um, I have known Arnie for a while, and it's. Um, I know it's impressive what he's accomplished in five years and doing it where he's doing it, breaking the mold like that. Um, I think he's a, a, a fascinating study on how you, what it's like to be a franchisee. So with that said, I'll uh-huh. turn it turn it over to our, my August co-host,
2: Holly. All right. Well, okay, sounds good. I I think we have an awesome guest today, and I think it's a topic that is on everyone's mind. And 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 honestly, it's the legalization of cannabis. Okay, and obviously across the country, we're seeing this happen state after state after state. Um, You know, according to studies, it is way less harmful um, to an individual than obviously uh, alcohol and and some of the others, tobacco. In fact, it is medicinally um, actually very beneficial to many people. So, so this legalization comes as um, you know, just a, you know, a nice a nice trophy, if you will, for those who have been championing championing for it for years. Uh, right now, we've got a, a guest today, Jason Trofe, who has not only franchising experience, um, his. Is family's owned franchises, you know, and done been very successful with that. Jason is a key um, broker with the franchise consulting company, but he also hosts um, a very successful uh, blog, blog talk radio show uh, on cannabis. And he is instrumental in, in helping uh, dispensaries, uh, you know, sell their, their businesses for a good amount and really just um, you know, introducing it to the the franchising opportunities in this country. Jason, how are you today? Hey,
5: good. How are you doing, Holly?
2: Good, good. So Jason, I know Fred wants to know where you're at and what the weather's like, so do tell.
5: Yeah. I'm in, in Tampa, Florida.
3: Yeah. And, sure. and
5: the weather's nice. It's sunny. It's it's always it's always warm and sunny in Florida, so it's uh warm and sunny. It's pretty much the weather report every day. Unless it's storming. So it'll probably rain at some point in the next 24 hours.
3: <laughs>
0: I heard it was green. Oh, good. It is yeah, green. It yeah. We green. Had a, we had
5: a, yeah. we Yeah. We had my son come on, on the show before before you guys got on here. And he said the weather was green. So that's just wanted to look at it.
0: So yeah. I, I got to tell you, in California, I'm just back. And after, you know, uh, multiple days on the road from East Coast to um, Chicago. There, they, at least out in California, it's warm, it's sunny, um, although sometimes foggy. It's not green. It's just the rain yeah. quit, and it's not green out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I understand I don't green. I know
5: what that means. Actually, I'll have to figure <laughs> out how that, what that one actually means. I'm have Come to, to the west coast to oh. work on a vocabulary lesson.
0: You know, come to the West Coast. You, you'll see what I mean. Difference between. You have to uh,
2: listen to Fred, you know, scintillating. Remember, scintillating.
0: Scintillating. <laughs>
5: yeah, so, Ray, the the weather,
2: right? the scintillating. Yeah, he's a little vocabulary, right?
5: Scintillating weather. There you go. So, Ray, take it away with I your first question. I think it's
2: tormenting, question. but okay, whatever.
0: <laughs> you live mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. <laughs> of course it's tormenting. Exactly. Coming
2: slack, you.
0: So Ray, take the first question.
3: Yeah, well, I, I I thought
1: I I really thought Holly was going to introduce uh, uh, Jason as a smoking hot guest, but yeah. <laughs> she, she kind of blew it. So you know. All right, you so, can
2: do it. Go for uh, I, it. <laughs>
1: t- Tell us, tell us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, give me, give us an idea of what you do. In, uh, in the uh, cannabis
5: industry. Okay, sure. So I think um, if I were to give you like an elevator pitch version, and then I'll kind of pick, uh, you know, unpack that afterwards. But so what, what, I've, what this has led into is interviews with the fastest-growing cannabis and CBD brands to, um, to help people hear directly from founders and CEOs of publicly traded companies and some of the most recognized brands how they're doing what they're doing. And I ask all of them what the, the greatest business opportunities are and what the lay of the land looks like. And then, you know, turn those into cheat sheets and, and uh, CBD business launches or dispensary blueprints, um, just basically summarizing what they're doing. And, and, and what led me to that was, you know, we're, we're selling a lot of franchises, and, and there's a cannabis franchise that uh, really piqued my interest. And when I started to uh, uh, present it, a lot of people didn't know – anything about the cannabis industry, they're very interested in, in, in it because of the growth, uh, but they, they don't know any details, which makes everybody pretty much start sidelining, right? They don't know anything. So um, I, I thought that there was a, a gap there where, where there is, uh, you know, a knowledge gap there that I thought should be filled, and it, and it didn't seem to be there. So I started putting something together basically just to help people understand what it is uh, and then, and then I pretty much got really into it and, you know, took it a lot farther than that. So basically it's a way uh, to find your way into the cannabis industry for investors, startups, and existing companies. And I put it on cannabis, 10 X.com, which kind of like right now, it's it's still in pre-launch. You'll see a lot of interviews there, some cheat sheets there. Uh, there's a, a cannabis dispensary franchises there. Uh, and I, you know, so for, for people looking for pretty much turnkey operations, you know, normally they do that in an industry where, you know, you do that so that you can get in an industry that you otherwise wouldn't be able to succeed in. So that, you know, makes perfect sense. You wouldn't, uh, if you were, you know, you wouldn't buy a Molly made if you've been, you know, maybe you would, but you normally, if you already know how to do everything that's in there, it's a less attractive offer, you know, than someone maybe is a C level executive and they just want to have a business and they need, you know, they just want to run operations and they don't want to, they don't, they don't want to run into the things that they know they don't know, that they don't know that they don't know. <laughs> so I cover all those angles, right? So I started looking into not only dispensaries, um, but it starts to get very complex. So there's a multi-layer effect happening in the laws. You have city laws that are impacting county laws that are then impacting state laws, and each state has their own laws, and then you have the federal law. And, and so it's different everywhere, which confuses everybody. And licensing is different everywhere. Application fees are different everywhere, and like I think um, somebody else asked this question, and I hear it a lot: how much does a license cost? You know, I asked that question once too. You don't, you can't actually buy a license. It's a, uh, it's, it's not like they sell them to you. They say you have to, uh, you have an application fee. So you submit an application, you apply for a license, and then they either grant it or they don't, and you do not get that license fee back. It's an application fee, which is a pretty, you know, I think slick way of just taking a lot of money from a lot of people who they know they're not going to get a license to. And and then they do a lottery system. So, you know, they say something like in a medical state, uh, for example, um, one one version of one state did did this, a, and this is Florida actually, it's a $50,000 application fee. And, you know, you, you pay the $50,000 just to apply, which doesn't guarantee you a license. So then, you know, you either hear yay or nay, and then they only award on a lottery system so they're saying that they're randomly giving it out on a lottery system and when they grant them it's something ridiculously low like seven licenses will be granted per 100,000 patients or something like (laughs) that don't quote me on that you know but it's something like that so so getting a license is hard so once somebody actually has a license a popular thing for them to do is just throw it right back up on the market and try to put a $10 million price tag on it to make a quick buck without doing anything at all. So you see some crazy stuff like that. There's a, you know, there's blocks of license. You can get multiple licenses for tens of millions of dollars, you know, for, for, you know, 30 licenses or something like that. And and then you can have one license for $10 million. You can see licenses in, in different States for, you know, 1.4 million just for the license, you know, so, so what we, uh, w- what I did was I, I called a lot of franchisees, trying to work all this out. I, I figured out the software that you use at the at the dispensary level. You know how to how to make sure you have best selling products on the shelf at all times. Make sure you're getting real time updates on the pricing structures across the market, so you're competitively priced and your stock and your shelves with best selling products. And then I also did uh-huh. this with CBD, and I compared all the CBD you know, I like to do side by side comparisons. That's a lot, of, a lot of the time how you make your decision. I think that there's three ways that people make decisions, broadly speaking. And I think that, you know, what is this? What is this turnkey business model compared to me doing it by myself on my own? Why do I need it? And then there's like, how does it stack up against other options? Right. So it's got to have some unique you know, point to it, obviously, usefulness to me. And then once it's once i find that it does have use i'll start comparing it everybody does this you start comparing it to uh comparable options so you got to you got to know all your comparable options and then the usefulness of each and and what the cost versus the return on those different you know packages might be so when i started doing all that i was like there's a lot there's a lot in here of layers that just don't come along with the business that come along with business most of the time one of the obvious ones right. is a bank account you can't just go bank you know, you can't just go walk into a bank, you know, o- you're not just going to open, uh, you know, form a, a, a corporation entity and then, you know, walk into a bank and open a bank account and start making sales. It doesn't work like that, and, and, it, and it doesn't work the same way from one city to the next city, let alone to county to state, and then uh, federal is just sweepingly illegal. And, but that's for THC. With CBD, it's not. You can do CBD in 50 states. Uh, 48 states or something you know i might mess a couple things up here with some of these numbers by the way so you know <laughs> disclaimer di- disc- disclaimer on on that stuff but um i mean i'll, I'll stop wow. talking for a minute and let you chime in and ask whatever you want all this, right this
1: sounds oh, like the wild west uh you know uh
0: yeah
5: of franchising
0: yeah i was gonna go well, back I and say it. bring us back to what's what Cannabis franchises are out there first.
3: Yeah. Mm.
5: So here, here's something interesting. Um, so I met the founder in Canada of the only um, franchise, cannabis dispensary franchise, and that's Darren Bonder. And I, and I talked to him for, for a, a while, actually. We're, we're in uh, conversations to get him into the United States. Um, but when you cross the border, you're talking about, you know, federal law and then you're talking about international law, which, you know, I'm not going to even pretend to know what I'm talking about in that area. But, you know, we started getting him in touch with our, our, our franchise network and attorneys to try and even get him over here. So it's not, the timing isn't right for that right now. Um, but I really want to help them come into the U.S. And I also want to do uh, business with them out in Canada. And uh, another reason I started looking into all this because I wanted to be an owner. You know, I'm looking at some franchise concepts to purchase myself. And this was one that was always hitting the top of my list. So I, I ended up meeting a lot of these people and just learning a lot of this stuff that I thought people just in general don't know. And I wanted to make it available to people. And so I, you know, that's why I put it together under cannabis, 10 and tried to, I'm trying to really make that a source for concise uh, business tactics and strategies on just launching businesses, you know, and, and, and I think it, I think, I think I'm speaking to three different audiences there. And some of them are going concerns that want to, you know, a running business, an existing business wants to just add it to their line of products, but they're unsure of the, the, the side effects of, of what it's going to do to the rest of their business. And and, there's, and there are side effects, so they need to know things, and they just don't know things, so they sideline. And then the other things start up, obviously. They're looking maybe to just get a lot of, uh, I, you know, ideas to run their own, and they're off with it. They're, they know what they're doing. They're just the kind of person who doesn't want a turnkey system. And then there's the business buyer, you know, we can do acquisitions, but you're not really there's not a lot of industry history in the first place. So outside of that, what's your own history? Do you even know what the different cannabis strands are? If that if the answer to that question doesn't immediately go, oh, I know everything about it. You shouldn't be going in there and doing a startup without somebody taking you by the hand or partnering with somebody that that is in at some form much more knowledge knowledgeable in that area than you. So that's where the turnkey you know, kind of systems come into play. And I think that, um, so I, so I started digging into all these, all these different, uh, levels of the supply chain. You have the manufacturers and the growers, uh, and, and, and CBD and THC products, which is wildly different. Not even the same thing at all. Uh, you know, I mean, not even just chemically speaking, but business wise and legal, you know, legalities and what you can say and can't say and marketing, uh, compliance issues and stuff. Um, what you have to report, like you have to turn in uh, periodic reports, you know, if you're, if you're in a dispensary or a CBD, you, you have to turn in, for your city, your county, your state, you have to turn in these reports that you can't sell a certain amount, over a certain amount of THC sold to one person is, 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 is a huge offense. Uh, you, can, you can get shut down for messing this up, and the taxes, oh, the tax wow. burden is, is funny. The taxes can get really weird, so splitting your company into separate entities, splitting the square footage in your space so you don't touch plant with other stuff, all these kinds of things start to come into play because people have actually gone under because they owed more in taxes than they actually made because it's all in one entity. Oh my God. And there, there's this thing called 280E where it was created in the 80s for a cocaine dealer who had like written off the mechanic the machinery that he used to produce cocaine that he sold illegally so they made a law against being able to write off anything on a federally illegal you know schedule 1 narcotic which somehow THC landed in that so I don't don't even get me started on how that happened but that oh, wow. that, that yeah so 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 you have to get around that law but a lot of these things will get worked out as it gets along as it matures but the easier it starts to get to get into the market or get into the industry the smaller the opportunities will become. And that's going to continue to go that, that way for, uh, I, I don't know, my guess, maybe five to 10 years, you know, maybe, maybe three to five years before it's federally legal, which is going to be the rush, which I think is going to create a bubble, which is going to bust. And, you know, if you're in the right place at the right time with the right team and the right brand, you're going to ride that bubble and you're going to see it all the way through to the top if you're with a brand who has longevity. So that's another thing I pick apart and try and see who's going to make yeah. it, who's got the longevity like why are they doing Based what they What kind of
2: money are we talking about? What what kind of dollars are we talking about for a franchise? You know, if they yeah, buy one of the existing franchises, one cannabis, I'm sure there's several. What what yeah. what franchises are out there for our viewers and what kind of money are they talking about in net net revenue annually?
5: Yeah, what, my <laughs> my computer is about to die. It's gonna, hold on one second, but I have that answer. I I, I like that question.
1: That was that was that was my question. I was going to ask him because that's uh, I think that's what's on <laughs> everybody's mind. All of our listeners,
2: it is, are, it is, it's, you know, it's an incredible opportunity, and 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 it's it's it it is the time. You know, I mean, people come, you know, to me through looking for resales of cannabis businesses. They look for new new franchises, and and when I talk with them, you know, I I, I look, and they say, well. But in my state, it's only medicinally, or it's it's not recreationally uh, legal yet. And my answer, or my my comment to them is, you're right. Take the territory now. This is this is going to go yeah, really yeah. fast. And just like Bitcoin, somebody's going to get very rich, and a lot of people will get very rich. And and you know, honestly, you know, it, it, there, there's no harm in this because honestly, w- what's happening right now. It's, it's, it's like back to, to the times of prohibition. You know, it's, it's legalizing something that, you know, at least by, you know, government studies is a, a harmless drug. It is um, less, again, like I introduced, with less harmful than tobacco and alcohol. And, you know, you all can visualize somebody sitting in a coffee shop, uh, maybe in a bar, or, you know, maybe in a place just smoking cigarettes or a cigar bar. Now we can visualize someone going in to a shop. You know, maybe there's live music, and, and they have an array of different cannabis products for those people sitting there. Maybe, you know, it, it, we, we haven't seen it yet. We will see it. I promise you that. So if you're interested in this opportunity, you're going to need to contact Jason um, before, you know, before too long. And after the show's over, we'll we'll obviously – put his contact information in there and jason do you have the yeah. answer to that that question
0: wow yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. amazed that you didn't take a freaking breath because i want to put something <laughs> right at your your face there hey, but hey, Fred, okay i'll shut the, the hell up can you see it you need oxygen you no
2: it,
3: there we go hey, look there you got
2: it, Fred, right in the camera. You see that little There we go. Finger? There
3: we go. <laughs> we we, next, we,
2: unbroken we see unbroken long it. nail with a painted black just for you.
0: <laughs> next week. Next week, folks, with any luck, we're broadcasting all this live on on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, and LinkedIn. So, um and as Wait, well can as you the-
2: see my finger?
0: Yes, mm-hmm. next week. Yeah. No, they won't. Well, I don't know. We'll see if I want to upload this. Um, I may, uh, well, here I may make the video there. Um, so, yeah, we'll 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 just go back, and I'll be quiet a bit longer before I ask a question or two. So go ahead. Yeah,
2: be quiet. Jason's got to talk. Go ahead,
0: Jason. <laughs> you guys are okay. great. This is fun. It's <laughs> so much more fun.
5: Good. Yeah, yeah,
0: for some of us. <laughs>
3: Look out! Oh, this is a punching I bag. So good. We were asking about them. I can't even yeah. breathe like it is. <laughs> I have been silent
0: on pain of another heart attack, so please
3: answer, right, lady. Right. Uh,
1: I, I just want to say something I, I I think this industry is not for the faint of heart, because one wrong turn, and you could end up in jail because of the simple fact you didn't know the law existed, and then on the other on the other side of that, you could be a millionaire, you know. So
3: it's I, not for good the point. Heart. That, yeah, I
5: actually, hear that. I I hear that statement going around quite a bit. And I think that's kind of a leftover rumor. It happened, but 10 years ago, uh, and it was people doing things that actually were breaking the law, or at least the tax thing, that's also quite a while ago. The things have been pretty much worked out, and it's a, it's these are publicly traded companies selling marijuana, and they have the licensing down, you know, like, like what you're It's not like – I suppose that is – you know, nobody knows what the laws are because the laws haven't even been written yet. And I do see them actually writing laws to uh, to take some territorial claiming. And that's just my viewpoint on it. I could be wrong. I don't know what I don't know. But it does seem that way. But it doesn't seem like they're going to stick people in prison because they're going to get their ass handed to them by the media most likely for doing that. And I just don't see it happening. I, and I don't see anybody getting uh, – anything except for fines or fees or revoked licenses or something like that or shut down, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that, I think is more, more penalty. On the penalty box side, I think it's going to look more like, looks more like that from from where I'm standing. You know, I'm not a lawyer, again, disclaimer, but, you know, I haven't seen any cases of anyone going to jail uh, for, for, since, you know, before it was like, you know, the stuff that I've seen, they, they were like, Selling it, selling way too much to a single person, selling it across state lines, all of which is illegal. So they got caught. Right. That's like right. they're a drug dealer. They're basically backdooring, selling, you know, 500 pounds of marijuana or something.
1: That's another reason what I they have, have seen the backing actually, up a
0: franchise, you know.
5: Yeah,
1: okay, okay, so
0: so, so that's... Yeah. Wait, all right. So let me let me ask a question here because, you know, we... we, we in some ways we're talking about this as a non-franchise type opportunity. And as Holly noted that one cannabis is a a franchise opportunity and they're uh, available in Canada and what, something like 10 States, one of them being California. And as, as I've listened here, I, I go back and and understanding taxation um, and, and rules and regulation Enforcement is incredibly varied uh, across state to the point where it's not Banking is always an issue, but a lot of times it's just getting variances from the the city and county. So when I look at the FDD, the FDD, as we always hear, was item 19, Holly? Yes. Okay. Item Cost 19. and
3: block- so how
0: does it's a franchise
2: a, performance representation. Yeah. Sorry.
3: Yeah. The, the, how the financial, I? the
5: financial claims, so, so the income claims or the financial representations on, on the item 19 for the uh, cannabis dispensary franchises that I've seen. And, and, and then I'm also going to put that disclaimer there. Anybody listening to this, do your due diligence, follow up on this, make sure you ask yourself from the corporate office, get it from the same people I got it from, and then follow up on that. Talk to some franchisees and ask them if that's how it's really, you know, uh, landing when they hit the ground running. And so there's an acquisition model where you kind of like, it's like martinizing for a weed dispensary. If you don't know what martinizing does, they'll, they're will a brand in, uh, in dry cleaning. They'll acquire a cash-flowing dry cleaner and then rebrand it, add their infrastructure, and, and pump the revenue up, and, you know, and, then, and you're basically flipping – you're flipping dispensaries, right? And so that's you're stepping day one into a cash flowing situation. It's fantastic, and and uh, so the revenues I saw on item 19 there are between three and seven million revenue, top line revenue with uh, profit margins. Um, and I don't know that this is actually stated in the FPD, but I'm going to say it anyway. And I'm just going to tell you again to do your own due diligence, and I'll tell you how I understand it from the P&Ls that I've been presented and then you can follow up, you can do your own due diligence and not rely on me or blame me for something later. So <laughs> what, what I've seen is 40% profit margins. Unheard of, right? You know that's unheard of. Yeah, But then if you, if you take a look at that, if you take a look at that profit and you look at the taxes that come off of that, it's like 50%, right? So they're still killing, they're making a killing in the, in the taxes, you know, the, the, the tax revenue from it is massive, billions. And it's because they're taking 50% of it, but then that still leaves you the owner of a franchise location, 20% of three to seven million dollars. And in in Canada, the ones I saw in Canada were I think two to three million dollars. That was gross revenue, and I did not see their uh, profit margins. And I don't know what their tax structure is in Canada, Um, but I do know it's hard to get. I, I do know this: you can get funded, you can get funding from a bank to do the purchase, and it only costs like a 250. Like, like so, two hundred fifty thousand dollars and get a dispensary. The hard part is getting a license because I think right now it's pretty much um, kaput. It's like you got to wait until they disperse more licenses. You can't get one right now unless you already have one or you buy one that's already existing. So the franchisor looks for people who already have a license and then say, "Do you want to apply the franchise brand?" You know, and and for somebody who's just coming in there with retail experience, they really need a franchisor. They don't know anything about marijuana they at least need a partner who's in marijuana but then they need to know does that partner have any clue about how to run a really good business and and then so you want a partner who has five or ten dispensaries that are making three to seven million dollars now you're talking about a turnkey franchise model and that's where you go with it if you have the money so in the united states you can't get funding for it right and it costs you're going to be spending in the millions most likely you can see them if you if you look on another thing that that um I'm I'm doing is contacting a lot of dispensary owners, and some of them are in over their head, and they need to transition into a franchise. And some of them want to buy more franchises. A lot of them are cash flow positive, and they just want to get out, so they're for sale. You can just buy a dispensary, but who's going to buy a dispensary? How much do they know about it? If you're another dispensary owner, then they know enough to at least get into a second location, but to, but do they really? They know how to do the one that they did, and and so. I think that's the way it looks everywhere. I think the largest uh, uh, network of of dispensary um, uh, locations is in the 30s or 40s, 36, 38 locations for a single brand. And that's like the largest brand in the the country right now. You know, and I think uh, in Canada, they have 100 territories sold, but they only have seven open and operating. So it's so brand new that like a leader in the industry has not been chosen yet. And, and there's no Budweiser obviously, but it's, there's going to be. Constellation brands obviously put $4 billion into canopy growth and that whole thing's hitting the fan. I don't know if you follow that stuff, but you know, they're uh, they fire they immediately almost within eight months, they fired the uh, CEO co-founder of canopy growth, which is, you know, that was pretty much the wow. favorite stock. And, and I don't know what's going to happen there, but you know, Constellation brands owns Corona beer. And so cannabis beverages are, 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 are a hot topic, uh, edibles, obviously, obviously hot topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Did I answer your question?
0: Did I, I
1: think Bud Wiser, Bud Weiser would be a good brand for cannabis.
2: No, yep.
0: see the Bud, problem with that is the,
2: uh, beer. Yeah,
0: <laughs> sorry. Bud? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Either of those would work. Either of those would work. Um, I was just going to say that under Illinois' proposed tax structure, there would be an extra 20% uh, tax on the edible, assuming it's beer, um, uh, Mm -hmm. from what I read in the Illinois Policy Institute's analysis. Mm -hmm. But what I did want to ask – actually, one of the questions I've got from um, some of our listeners on the site is – What are you seeing people do about payroll, given that uh, they can't deduct any expenses except the cost of sales? That means uh, infrastructure costs, ongoing labor costs. You you can't have a payroll, but yet usually most franchisees have a payroll system given to them, don't they, Ray? Yeah.
1: No, no. (laughs) <laughs> when, you, when you say given to them, what do you mean?
0: I well, mean doesn't, uh, doesn't Molly, doesn't Molly recommend a payroll system? Uh, they recommend right,
2: QuickBooks. So
0: okay. Uh, yeah. Some
2: franchisors but, mandated. Yeah, but, so that's, that's that yeah. is correct.
1: Yeah. But, it's, uh, Molly yeah, so, made it not but, mandated. Go ahead. But, I, I
5: can, I can tell you, I can tell you what I've seen work successfully to sidestep that problem. And, um, it's not sidestepping. It's just you know, it's just the structure required at this point. Um, And it's so, so you're not one entity You're three entities. If you touch the flower, you can't write off any taxes. And and so you separate the entities. And let's say I've seen three entities in one. So you have the management entity and and that, um, you know, and then then you have uh, the employee side or any sort of uh, product inventory sales that doesn't touch any flower and that's two entities. And then you have your flower entity and that does nothing but, uh, order, uh, plants, you know, plant-based, uh, inventory. And then, so now you have to, you know, if you're going to write off space, now you got to section off your real estate and make sure that you're not touching there. And then you got to separate your banking and your taxes. So that on a, on a, on a low resolution, blurry 30,000 foot view, that's basically, you know, the, the idea you move in that, that I see moving in, Across across the market, across the industry, and of course, there's, you know, uh, uh, again, again, my disclaimer here. Each city, state, county, totally different story. You need an attorney, and and uh, and a great accountant, which is a good reason to have a franchise, you know. And if they are going to try and do it without
0: so the franchise,
2: franchise, Jason, the franchise is taking care of all of that for them, then.
0: But so if yeah. that franchise is, yeah. but okay, so I guess what. At, This is where it gets really interesting there because if the franchise – so part of what I was going to ask about the FDD is the FDD is a a document that is required by the SEC, but it's filed on a state-by-state basis. So the fact that you've got a federally illegal uh, uh, entity um, that's filing state taxes – how can you have a valid FDD? Because you can't have a business agreement for something that is usually either uh, city, state, city, county, state, or federal government legal. So how is an FDD enforceable either by the franchisor or the franchisee given that yeah. federally it's illegal?
5: Yeah, that's a very good question. I'm not going to attempt to answer it. I, I'd say that
3: when
5: I, when, I, when I asked that question, which I did the same thing, it was state by state. It's different in every single uh, location, uh, and, and, and actually every state has a completely separate FDD. So if they are going to start in a new state, they have to completely re- redo and, and, and submit a, a new FDD, as I understand it, disclaiming right? So okay. that that that's how it's going so right now. It's state to state. It's not a single FDD across the country with, you know, Washington and New York having a little difference like most franchise FDDs. You know, this is like state, every single state, different FDD or different franchise laws, uh, you know, and then different cannabis laws as well. So the, as I understand it, against lo, I have a low resolution understanding of it, um, you know, and that's where I would that's where i just kind of bring in the legal team for 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 me and that's if you're going to compare it to doing yourself now you're going to have to go down that road and say well what would it cost me to do that what what are my opportunity costs and what might they not know that i don't even know that they don't know there's those things you have to start to consider and i think that's part of the deciding or decision tree that you start to walk through when you're going to buy anything so i try to cover all those angles
0: I could keep geeking, Ray, but if you want to jump in there, I'll shut up. <laughs>
1: no, you no, you go right shouldn't. ahead. No, no. I mean, uh, this, this is fascinating.
0: Um,
3: yeah. Okay. So,
2: do we ever kind of establish a <laughs> kind of dollar amount, Jason, that we're gonna make on this? If I if I buy a cannabis the- franchise for what a million dollars, what 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 what's it gonna cost me to get into? Uh, and and I apologize because I'm kind of preempting a September 5th Pillars episode with one cannabis. Uh, but what what cool. does it cost us to get into that franchise, for example? And what am I yeah, going to make one, in my uh, first second year?
5: Yeah, so you'll hear that from Justin, which we you know who we both know we love. I, I love him. He's a great guy. So he'll he'll give you some yeah. nice uh, travel tips to London. <laughs> so he's you know he, he'll he'll tell you that <laughs> that you know they did a deal recently. That they 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 put 750 to 2.5 as their range of, of of your full investment for your initial operating period. But I know that, that he told me about his last deal. You know that they picked up for 1.2 million all cash. By the way, you can't make this isn't an SBA loan situation. is in all cash always. Uh, but no. there's a lot of people out there who are trying to fund deals, so you can find money. But you're looking at probably private equity and and, and family funds and stuff like that. Um, but there are family offices, you know, that are trying to invest. Um, so you can find money, but you got to, But basically, you have to do it with all cash and have some working capital. But the one they did that before that, I think, was 4.8 million. Don't quote me on that. But then they put in like you know 150k in a build out and then rebranding and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But but they kill it. They, they're they're killing it. The revenues are just like unheard of. They look like you know to steal Justin's phrase. They look like typos because they do. It's like what they make this is there an extra zero? Is that, is a decimal in the wrong place? Cause it looks that good. You know, high risk, high reward, not a lot of it is mm-hmm. figured out. And so you're, you're, you're taking a lot of cash to risk. And, and then there's, there's, there's so many barriers to entry that if you can leap them now, you will benefit tremendously compared to when the barriers to entry start to decrease. So when that happens, there'll be,
3: wow. you know,
5: the cool. law of dimin- diminishing returns will start to show itself. And I think that that window of time is three to five years. So I, before this, I really get excited about new industries and technology before this was the one that this is like the new technology, you know, thing. So the same kind of individuals go into it, which they fascinate me. It's like people that are like to be on the fringe. And I'm kind of like that. Even in my spare time, I just like to look into that. And the same thing I saw happen there, I mean, this just, just maps right on top of it. It's just right on top of it. The first people in there are like, like, interesting individuals, you know. And you just, they just don't do normal. They're not, they're not about the norm. Um, and then more structure starts to develop underneath them as foundations grow because more creative people actually launch, but they actually need the real structured corporate type people to. Grow it and, and structure it correctly, so then those people get in, and that same thing's happening. So it's just there's a lot of fascinating angles in there. I just like to I like to talk about it, so I probably talk way too long. <laughs> I'll let you guys
2: talk. No, awesome. Thank you. This information is fantastic for our for our viewers for sure. Huge opportunity.
5: Good. Oh 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 oh. You know what? I worked out a, a $500 <laughs> cannabis voucher. I'm giving away $500. Actually, Justin worked this out, so he's giving away $500 to anybody who wants to come and visit the corporate office in Denver, Colorado, and tour the 118,000-square-foot grow facility, sample the product, tour the dispensary, the franchise dispensary, and basically get a behind-the-scenes blueprint of how to run a successful um, dispensary and see all the products and see what they're carrying on the shelf. It's like they're going to open the curtain for you. And the trip is free.
3: Oh, Obviously fantastic. you got to go to
5: cannabis 10 X to claim the voucher. And, and then you, and then you have to qualify. You, you're not going to fly somebody out there that's financially qualified to make a deal. So you got to financially qualify and then we'll fly out there for free and, and pretty much concierge you and give you a really good time of, of looking into how to really blow it up. And your own dispensary. All
3: yeah. right. So we'll put, we'll put, this,
0: we'll put that in your bio page as it comes up. Um, Travel yeah. time has yeah. has delayed that. So you, I let like you bring plane up. Mark. I knew you yeah. were right.
2: Um. Ray, I don't know about yeah. uh, riding right mobile. Mobile uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: could just park that bus right in front of that place and.
2: <laughs> oh, no. It would oh, match God. with I the flames. I don't, I don't, See, it's all about Johnny Fever, right? Let's get down to it. I want to hear my turkey drop, Fred, please. come on, you missed uh, like two weeks of it. Come on, uh, give it to me. Come on, please, please.
3: Uh, come
1: on, we want to hear Johnny fever. Play it. I'm
2: not I gonna beg you.
0: As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you love you all good
0: all right so at that point now while while we all recover from uh, Holly's uh, moment there we'll take a word from um, Ooh, we just got the second finger there uh, <laughs> and it's swirling I'll leave you with a word from a sponsor I hope there we go <laughs>
1: Are you thinking about opening a business? Whether you're in transition from a corporate job, looking to generate investment income, add to your existing business, or just too young to retire, come to the Great American Franchise Expo and explore your options. Meet face-to-face with dozens of franchise executives representing dozens of quality brands. A wide range of price points and ownership models are available. Attend our free seminars on accounting, real estate, and marketing. Franchise law experts will be there to answer your questions and banks are on hand to discuss loans and financing. The first 100 attendees will receive free VR goggles. For free tickets, visit www.franexpousa.com. The Great American Franchise Expo, coming to a city
4: near you in 2019. Check our website for schedules.
0: Uh, Thanks, Abel. Uh, As he said, franexpousa.com, the next... um event is at the prime osborne convention center in jacksonville september seventh and eighth uh and then washington d c october fifth through the sixth and uh tampa bay october twenty sixth and twenty seventh we can we can find out if our guests can uh be there hey jason um last thing wanna uh, thank the link local network from broadcasting the show. Like I said, next week, uh, it's our exp- experimental verse, first time on the link local network's Facebook, LinkedIn, um, and Periscope accounts. You'll be able to see Holly flip me off and, and Ray ma- uh, nod sagely in the gloom of Chicago. So Jason, yes. welcome. So um, you, you brought up an interesting thing about um Denver. Um, Mm -hmm. Denver from all that I've read and worked with people uh, there did or Colorado actually did things really well on um, uh, growing the industry to the point where uh, the industry was giving away scholarships and, and and things like that. And they were making buttloads of money on tax dollars. Mm -hmm. And then you have California who, Legalized in 2016 and um, is has been kicking around legislation to cut the taxes on grow uh, cannabis industry companies uh, back so that they could actually make some money. And to the point where in from what I was told in 2017 the black market in California was seventy three percent market share and is in 2018 was up to eighty one percent market share. So, uh, how does the franchisee or uh, the, the franchisor combat the black market?
5: Yeah, I think that um, what they're doing is, is trying to, uh, you know, and again, this is my, my opinion, they're, they're, they're trying to take the, take the black market, you know, just own the black market. And, it, and it's kind of working. I think that I, you know, I see news articles, I'm not in it, you know, so I probably am the wrong person to ask about I, I would I would actually it's a good question i, I could fi- I could probably find somebody who is and ask them a lot about this and get back to you but that's what i would do okay. and, but right, what I know is that there's this right there there's a fifty one percent ownership of that equity fund that they do in California and they just also uh, did this in Illinois which recently just went legal
0: and mm-hmm. so if
5: if if uh somebody in a neighborhood that was negatively impacted by the war on drugs or or even better has a a, a, a a record, including marijuana charges, mm-hmm. they're, they, they have access to a, a $20 million fund. I believe it is for, uh, in Illinois, it was 20 million that they announced. I don't know if that's going to move around the, the the amount in there, which I believe is kind of a ripoff, which is very small. If you're going to use a million on one, that's only 20 locations, but the deal yep. is 51% ownership is owned by someone who was negatively impacted by that. And then that gets you, um, that gets you ownership on the thing. So so then whoever else is going to put in the money to own, to, to, you know, put in $1.5 million to open the dispensary has to partner with somebody basically uh, who may be in the black market. So are they trying to take the black market and own it? They are. Yeah. And that's one, that's, that's also, that's one way to look at it. another way to look at it is it's kind of, it's kind of unfair that it was a schedule one drug. And then they put a lot of people, in prison for a lot of years for that. And now they've made it legal and the major corporations are capitalizing on that. And so it pissed a lot of people off because it's unfairly still mm-hmm. pe- people, are still in prison. It's unfair. And, and the fact that they just mm-hmm. call it a schedule one drug, it's just, it's mm-hmm. not a chemical that kills people like cocaine or heroin schedule one drugs crack. It's not, it's not one of those. And they knew that they did that when they did that. If you look into that whole thing, They knew that they were, they were lying when they did that. So uh, there's a lot of trust issues there. A lot of people pissed off about that, but like, so when it comes to the different States, right? So there's, I can tell you that um, in in Colorado, there's 2000 licenses or something like that. So I've, so I've gathered. And and then there's something more like 86 licenses in Nevada. So supply and demand always kind of play a role in that too. And, And the black market will slip in there when they're, when they can. And so the more available it becomes commercially, the less um, of a gap there will be for a black market to fill. So the faster they legalize it, the faster they're going to crush the black market and just take the revenue away from them. And that could be temporarily horrible for uh, for some portion of a of a territory because you're going to piss off a lot of people who have like who are dangerous. So that's one that's one thing I think is backfiring in some places. Mm. Wow. But I'm definitely not the right guy to answer those questions on, on any of that stuff. You know, I, there's definitely – the guy who uh, started the Grand Cookies, he's the right guy to ask that question to. That's one of the best-selling um, strains uh, in – and I think in, I think in the – at least in the country. One of the top strains you'll find out there, um, you know, real interesting guy, uh, but smart character, blood tender by the time he was 18, you know, like just coming up in that neighborhood where he, he knew – you know the black market, and he made his own strains, and uh, yeah. he just he blew up big time. He'll know, he'll know everything about that, pretty much. All right.
0: So I know when I read the, sorry, sorry. I know when I got one uh, because you mentioned um, <clears throat> uh, Illinois and their process, and um, I guess my question becomes is. Ah, crap! I lost it. Go ahead. So
2: I'm <laughs> I'll come back I'll jump in. Okay. And then Sorry. Back. I've been talking right.
0: with a, been talking with somebody online that's working on a question, and I was trying to frame it for him, but I failed. So go ahead now. I'll be back to it.
2: Okay. All yeah. right. Well, hey, hey, Jason, I have a question. Um, you know, we we've got this situation here, and and I've had, I shouldn't say numerous, but at least a handful of clients that have asked me, you know, why would I want to get into this? Because, you know, big business is just going to, you know, engulf this at some given point. Right. And my answer to them was always that when big business engulfs, you're going to be bought out for a a number that you couldn't even dream of when it comes to doing a franchise resale, for example, what are your thoughts on all of that? And and what is your advice that you give clients that ask similar questions?
5: Yeah, I, I think it's a valid concern, and I think that you know, my having thought that through quite a bit myself for my own my own purposes for my own ownership in a dispensary, um, my thought process is this, and I think you should verify this for yourself if you're hearing this, is, is that there there's going to be um, people out there who are starting their brand for the sole purpose of selling it to one of those larger brands who are going to come down and they're planning on that happening. And they want to make sure that they're structured the way that that brand going to want to see them structured so that their business valuation is one of the ones that they buy. And that is a, that's is that they're seeing the same cup of water half full that you just described half empty. That's it. That's a mindset thing. So then there's then there's the other angle on that. Just look at the technology field. Let's just follow. Let's just follow suit. Let's also look at Denver. Let's look at the state of Colorado. So Colorado, over the last 10 years, ha- has been doing this professionally. So if we just use that as the staple example that the whole country is going to look like, I think that's somewhat of, a, of the most realistic historical data we can access. So if we just use that and say, how long is it going to take for every state to look like the state of Colorado? 10 years? 20 years? I don't know. Definitely not very soon. So you have a long runway there before it looks like alcohol. Are you really going to, like, sideline this thing that long because the big guys are going to come in and open bars if it's post-prohibition? Like, that's, I don't know. Risk-averse people don't take risks and don't see big rewards. You know, so there's that. Um, But some brands will make it all the way through, right? Google, if you look at the technology industry, Google, Facebook, they buy up the best brands that are out there. They don't recreate the wheel. If someone already did it, it's working well, they buy it. And if, if you don't want to sell it, you can compete. How many technology companies are out there making a killing and they don't need to be bought out. They just make a lot of money and they don't want to sell it or they sell it on the open market as you would sell any other business. And the the multiples that you get for, for that kind of a business are are like 10 X, you know, if you sell a regular business, you may get one, two, three, four times multiples. You get 10 if you got a, a technology company. You see that all over the place. Right now, still, you can buy them at that kind of a price. You can, you can buy a website for a million dollars, but you can get into a franchise for uh, $75,000. You know, it, it's like mm-hmm. the, 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 the scalability of it, I think, is, is a mon- is monster uh, opportunity. And some of those brands, what I, I didn't finish saying, is some of those brands will stay, and they will stick it out, and they will have longevity, And I think I think you can I I try to find a way to discover or differentiate between the kind of brand that will have longevity and the kind of brand that will not have longevity. And if you just like separate the two uh, and and try to, like, find some elements that you could just pull anything historically into this industry and say, what do you see? Um, I'm asking some of the founders in here, you know, I can give you some examples, uh, you know, to, to narrow it down. So some concrete examples I've seen. So uh, Medterra CBD has a 9,000 square foot um, uh, fitness facility, and they make a zero percent CBD product for professional athletes. And then they, because you can't advertise basically any cannabis-derived products, it uh, they use the platforms of the fan base of professional athletes, and they treat them really well, and they make a really high-quality product. And the founder team includes somebody that comes from cultivation and then somebody comes from consumer packaged goods and together they're, they're doing a really great job. And then there's another one in the industry. He actually helped his brother, I think, overcome major problems. Like, I don't know if it was brain cancer or something was really wrong with his brother. And this comes from like, I think the founder story to me is like really important. And, And when they're in it, like with their heart like that, so CBD helped his brother. And he, and he saw that it helped his brother, and it changed his life. And whatever he was doing previous to it, he went into CBD. Now he has at least one hemp farm and two other hemp farms. in And by 2020, he'll have three hemp farms, 386 locations or something like that, 389 locations, open and operating, 691 locations sold in 14 months. Like, and, and the, the founder, I think, I think the founder is a big deal. So there's the founder, and then the industry has to be in a high growth mode, which in this case is obvious. You know, so if the industry is, it supply demand wise going up, you're good. If the founder, you know, has some factors in here that I'm still trying to bullet point out, and, and then if the you know, so some unique competitive advantage in there, like economies of scale or some sort of uh, competitive advantage where your competitors will have a hard time making the offer, if you have patented uh, strains, uh, for example, um, they are six times cannabis cup, one one cannabis, won six cannabis cup awards. You win an award for creating a, 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 you know, a strain that is just different and people like it. Now, I don't know how people, people sometimes talk down about a cannabis cup award and its meaning, but it is, but it is this, the only, you know, measure that we have to look at. So we've got to look at it and they won six times, and to just come out with a strain, you, you can't just come out with that. It's not like you have to grow a plant of, of a certain you know, genetic quality and then a different plant of a different genetic quality, and then you have to cross, um, you know, cross-pollinate, and then you have to grow another plant, and, and then you have to test it out and see if, it was, if you accomplished what you were looking for, and, and that takes like two years. You can't just, you know, with that. So if they're already doing that, that's probably a partner you want to know some more about. And and that's, so that's, those are some of the criteria I think that matter when you're looking at longevity and and you don't want to like, you you try to pick the longest road ahead. Cause that's another thing I saw in the technology thing. A lot of startups went right. And that's the bubble. So having already seen that same thing happened in real estate, I was really involved in that one too. And everyone who has short-term gain eyesight loses. So you need to look long. You need to look, 10 plus years, you need, you need to look 20, 30, 40, 50. Like you can't see that far, obviously, but you just need to get your head out of the, the immediate future, the immediate gain and think who's, who's got longevity. And why, why do I think they have longevity? And where am I wrong? Cause nobody knows what they don't know. Cause nobody knows everything in one. I don't know. I don't, I can't find anybody who knows it all in one place. So it, it's like, who do I think? And then what don't I know, who might know more about that particular part and, and try and pick it apart and put something together that simplifies the complex situation. That's my take. Did Fantastic. I Thank can't you hear you, Fred. Yeah. Uh, so I, Okay, I am I there now? Because, oh, because of that reason, I'm I got one yeah. more, more thing here that's helpful. I thought it would be really helpful to partner with a guest so when I put all these cannabis-derived founders together in one spot, I, I, I'm yeah. making it easy for them to partner with each other, right? So, for example, BAM Cannabis told me they're trying to get another state. They're in four states. They're a publicly traded company. That's legitimate. That's legitimacy, right? So right. Yeah. Yeah. If they, the only way for them to get a license, they can't get a license in every state just by applying. It doesn't happen. So the only way is they got a licensed brand. So people are – brands are are, right. are kind of licensed. I guess you could say licensing deals, maybe like trading locations. So – G-Pen, for example, wanted to get into, uh, into uh, uh, Nevada, and they're in California. So, um, BAM Cannabis is the only one, license, their license, to produce the product there. So, they just put the G-Pen product brand name on, on what they're producing there legally, and, and now G-Pen's brand can be sold in Nevada without having, a license, without having an actual cannabis license in the state Can't Get One. And so, that, that kind of thing, like partnering with each other, that networking thing, that's that's a big plus right now. That's a that's a that's a piece of a ladder to climb a barrier to entry right there. That is
0: crucial, I think. In my opinion. Sure. All right. So my first right. question to Holly is, why cannot why can we not tell you don't have a hat on?
3: I have a hat on. What are you talking about? Why? I
0: can't see it. That well then you <laughs> we need to be sitting back all the time.
5: I have a hat story. I stole this thing. Yep. We were in uh, Cancun.
0: Oh, right,
5: One of one of the guys with us, Mike. He has a dozen or had a dozen Domino's franchise locations. Interesting guy. I think he might. Uh, I ransomed this hat actually. Uh, on my way back to Florida, so I, I told him he has. I, I told him he has to drop five million in unmarked bills okay. in dumpster. Okay.
0: All
3: right. So, so my to get second question
0: back. is, will Franchisees have a benefit where in Illinois, in the legislation, the individual cannot grow their own. Medicinal patients can, but Illinois does not allow the individual to grow their own. Whereas in California, you can grow up to six plants of your own. So how does that differential between the two laws, because those are both huge marketplaces, how does that differential in the wall favor franchisees or not?
5: It's a good question for an attorney, which I'm not.
0: I'm not going to even try to answer I that I love really. that question, um,
2: Fred. That's fucking amazing. Sorry. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you no,
0: know, I lost well, it. Jeff,
2: where did you get that one from? Good. Can question. anyone
0: hear me, or am I dead?
3: Yeah, you're, you're dead. good. <sighs> Do you know that, Fred? We wouldn't let, we wouldn't let that much uh, little dead little air, like air go by.
2: I'm talking Sorry, with him I on there a phone call, and he Thank bends you. down after his heart attack, and he bends down to pick something up off the floor under his desk. He, I mean, he just recovered from this heart attack, and I'm like, Fred, Fred, and he's under the desk. I'm like, ah. <laughs> and then he comes up like right as I'm ready to call 911. What? What? <laughs> so Sorry. yeah, you can't trust anything he says or does. He's a rascal, so
0: what did I miss at this point? Did my question get asked or not?
2: Hmm. Well, I was going on and on about what a good question that was, and it was just so uncharacteristic. a legal question coming out of Fred's mouth, but it was actually a brilliant question, Fred. I give you a high five. Jason can answer that, so I know he can <laughs>
5: yeah air air high five I, would, I i you know i I passed that one to the attorney.
3: <laughs> Which, by the way,
5: after looking at a lot of attorneys to pick the really, you know, most experienced attorney, um, I, I think the best attorney that has the best reputation that I could find actually works with one cannabis. And he came, he was in hemp before cannabis started getting legal and then moved over into there because he was a very obvious choice. And then for like 10, you know, more years after that, maybe so, like 20 years or so. And, and I can't remember his name or I'd say it, but he's, he knows what he's talking about. He, he yeah. definitely would be able to answer that question. And, and you know what? Okay. Since it's so specific from city to city and, you know, and then city, county, state, probably he'd have to get back to you, I would imagine, from one specific place to another because it changes over time as well. So even if you knew last year or four months ago, I'm, I'm guessing he's going to want to check again and make sure he's right, you know. So I, I think it's a complex question. It's a complex answer It's a complex question. It's probably a multifaceted answer. And, and if
1: you're talking about a state like Illinois where we jail our governors, you know, you've got to be really careful.
0: Yeah, amen to that. Um,
1: <laughs> I think we still have yeah. three in jail, don't we?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we do. Um, we That's one place – California has been uh, deficit in, but we'll leave that to a, a different radio show. Um, so there's a whole lot of other questions on my mind that um, I'd like to ask. But, uh, Holly, I'll let you ask one. And, again, it's you have a nice necklace on. What? What are you talking about? Oh, this is from
2: Hawaii. Yeah. Um, these are co
3: beads, See? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> monitor, Fred, 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 Fred
1: this TV is not a TV show. Our uh, audience can yeah. see
3: I
0: know, not this show, but next, show they,
2: next
0: right, show they kind
2: of, will. Next show they will. Jason, I have a good question yeah. for you. Jason, so um, what is your involvement when it comes to, to individuals that are seeking to um, perhaps. Sell their businesses, their, their dispensaries, or you know, I'm sure there's other individuals out there that maybe want to franchise their business um, that have a really strong model. You know, how do you how do you interact with those people? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of this. This the number on the on the from this is going to be huge. Um, and, you know, help help us out and, and direct these people.
5: Yeah, I think a current cannabis owner, you know, they they have. They have a unique set of challenges for every location, and, and that, and that's, you know, they've obviously already uh, dealt with the, the legal aspects. Have an attorney. They they probably already use or have tried most of the software tools software. and support uh, support uh, services that are out there. Ancillary support services to help them. There's consulting services out there, and everybody is a. Uh, I, I think it looks to me that there's a lot of scrambling and nobody, I think anybody who I, I'm careful when anybody sort of acts like they have all the answers the whole time. Cause I really don't think that sure. you can, I, I think there's too many, there's too many twists and turns. And I think that we're stronger as teams, just human, human nature. We're stronger as teams. And so the more, the more you have in a network of people all striving toward the same goal, the stronger you're going to be as a node in a network than you would be out on your own in an Island. I, I, I really believe that. I think that there also can
3: like,
5: like, it it can also tend to get out of hand, you know, 600, like where's that tipping point? I don't know. 600 locations. Maybe you feel ignored, you know, but whatever it is, if if you're going to do it alone, and you don't have anybody to ask, maybe you have one or two people to ask. It's just I think you're stronger in numbers, and, and that's what that's where I go with that. So what what another one of the things I'm uh, working on is um, putting a network of dispensary owners together, and then giving them a good source to sort of interact with each other, um, which most of them are, are are on the networking sites. You know, there's a cool LinkedIn site for called Le- Leafwire, I believe. I'm on there, but you can. You can. It's kind of like the LinkedIn of the cannabis industry it's called LeafWire. It's pretty cool. Um, but you can find sure. a lot of cannabis professionals in LinkedIn a, a, as well. And you can't do any digital marketing on Google or Facebook or pretty much can't advertise cannabis anywhere. But on LinkedIn, you can. You can. So Wait, if you want to find speaking people. Speaking of
2: advertising, I've got to stop you because Fred's giving me the look this time. We have to go to a quick commercial, okay, and then we'll be okay. right back. All
5: right.
0: Yeah. That's but that's right. That's
2: that. We want to hear the rest of
0: this. this. Sorry, I thought uh, that. you just cut me off. Just, just no, give me the it's okay, just, <laughs> talking. okay. We're good. Again, want
2: to <laughs> um, thank the Link Local Network.
0: I'm a students? We'll yes, you are. You got to watch the video, though, later. Um, <laughs> we want to thank the Link Local Network uh, and our listeners that have been uh, saying interesting stuff. Um, and now we're from our last sponsor, I hope.
6: Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new move-ins to your local area? At West Vine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805 265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine, with a Y, dot com.
0: And we're back. Um, Did we mention earlier that uh, you can get a free copy of the Franchise MBA or the Awesome Holly book on the Pillars of Franchising? And, Holly,
2: what do they get? They get... Fred (laughs) Uh, it's create your own wealth it's a two minute topics on franchising it was all inspired by this show he's laughing I'm watching him it was inspired by pillars of franchising it's the the segments that I was doing prior to being um and a a host a guest host on the show so and then of course getting to be the privilege of being a co-host with Ray and Fred you love the book it's these collection of topics hits everything from resales to to you know why franchisors do what they do in development so it's a great quick reference and it also you know you can get it free and uh, we'll hook you up so thanks fred for the plug
0: always happy to never mind i'm not gonna go there um (laughs) ray why don't you take your last question and then I'll one shot, and well, I can have the last It
1: happens to be the most important question. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> okay, you're taking that one. All right.
1: I'm go taking ahead. that one. I'm taking that one. Uh, I'm gonna go with okay. it. All right. So, all our listeners out there who are really high on 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 possibly starting this franchise and need some information <laughs> and what direction to go. <laughs>
3: a funny in there. How
1: does one? How does one contact Jason?
5: Uh, uh, cannabis10x.com is probably the easiest way. If you go there, um, you can opt in, and and I it immediately sends me an email. Um, there's. I also have uh, cannabisfranchisebiz.com. So if you go there, you can get information. You can get a whole uh, uh, franchise information there. So I think cannabisfranchisebiz.com, b-i-z.com. Is uh, you know you'll directly get in touch with me, um, and then cannabis10x.com, that's the resource center that I'm building uh, for anybody looking for business opportunities, or for you know tips and guides and cheat sheets and you know uh, quick start guide type stuff, like concise bite-sized stuff I want to put together in there. So it's not like because the amount of research uh, hours you can spend digging around the internet for stuff. So uh, you know while I can while I make it concise for myself, I'm sharing you know, I'm sharing it on cannabisfenex.com. But I say CannabisFranchise.com awesome. dot is, is the one. Get right in touch with me.
1: So as for everybody's information, if they're uh not able to write all that information down right now, they'll be able to find it on our web page.
0: Yes. <laughs> is yes. Correct. Yes. It will be there. It will be there. I apologize for not having it there now. <laughs> sleep took precedence over the show okay. Sleep in a soft bed took precedence over the show Even though I spent 10 years, 10 hours in a freaking airplane To be back in time to broadcast the show from the office Sleep took precedence So yes, it will all be on the show And my extreme apologies for sleeping <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good, good, yeah, there you go I don't apologize for sleep.
5: Jason, do you apologize for sleep ever? No. Well, I guess if I oversleep, eh, I I might apologize, but it's definitely the only way to charge a battery. (laughs) You can't apologize too much.
0: Um, All right. So the the last question I will ask is, this is a fun one. Um, The vast majority of franchisees uh, I think any of us have ever interviewed, when asked why they went into buying a franchise Um, over 90% of the answers were the first answer was um, I wanted, I needed to work, but I wanted balance in my life. So it's this, this work life balance. It doesn't seem to me that owning a cannabis uh, organization, whether it be a franchise or not is really a way to work-life balance given the number of governmental officials, um, and bureaucrats and other. Uh, I, I think the nonsense.
5: simple, yeah, I yes, think the simple, I'll give you the, uh, I'll give you the, 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 the sales pitch version and then maybe, you know, follow that up with, some. Um, uh, reality versions, I think it's the picture that is painted by the turnkey franchise model is a semi-absentee. You have a general manager and let's say 15 part-time employees. And that it's like writing an ice cream shop. Actually, the founder came from that background. So you could imagine Baskin Robbins franchise. Yeah. Right. right. So, and, and so how, how much does the owner need to be there in a Baskin Robbins I mean, you know, I think, but you're talking about cannabis, right? So if there's a lot of cash going on, and you want to eyeball that, you got security to deal with, they got that worked out. You know, security is a really big deal. Um, but I think you can be as involved as you want to be, and probably at the beginning, this is one of those industries or, or or opportunities, you know, that I don't I don't think you should set it forget it. I, I wouldn't do that. I would personally not do that. I'd be all the way in there. Right. You know, see overseeing the daily operations. I know that they help you with the training. You know, when you package a turnkey system and they have done that, they've got your training, your legal, your compliance, you know, they have core compliance software, like proprietary software. I've got a really great system set up. But if it were me, I would plan on being fully involved in that. And you're probably putting up seven figures, cash, so, I mean, shit. There's so much you don't know, you don't want to not know. You don't want to not know what's right. going on. And semi absentee, to me, is dangerous. So, there's that. That's my opinion. Don't, you know, <laughs> whatever. You oh, take yeah. it for what it's worth. It's a man's right. opinion. You're right. So, take it for what it's worth to you and do your own thing. If you want to pop up a bunch of locations and dump a bunch of cash on that and sprinkle them around the state of Colorado, by all means, people are doing it probably and you could probably get away with doing that you know but uh just gave you my personal opinion
0: on top of it oh one listener pointed out in michigan you can have 12 plants um hmm who do we know so Holly, i'm just telling you what i see on the board folks you get the last question and to roll us out of here
2: all right, Jason, um about you. We we really haven't heard a whole lot about you other than the introduction. What are your plans going forward? Um obviously you're, you know, involved in in the cannabis industry. You're also involved in the franchising end of it and franchi- and, and other franchises as well. Like what what's your what's your 5-year plan? What do you want to do what's your 10-year plan? What do you what do you, what's your what are your o- outcomes?
5: Yeah. So that's a good question. I'd say that I'm, um, um, like everyone, really bullish on the cannabis industry. We came from a franchising background. I, I, you know, me and my brother grew up uh, in a franchisor uh, family and, um, you know, managed a lot of franchise locations. So we sell franchise concepts, you know, do consulting for, you know, like you, you know 250 or so brands that we, that we work with. Um, but my heart is really sunk into the adventure. Uh, I'm more of in the cannabis industry, right? So I'm, my personal, like, drive is over there. And uh, so I'm sort of straddling both, both lines there, you know, and I'd say that uh, I heard it put well once, uh, you, should be have, you should have one foot in order and the other in chaos. So those are, those are my order and chaos uh, sides.
0: Right there. That's a good uh, all right, so then I will. Ah, uh, 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 interesting show, hasn't it been? Interesting show.
2: Awesome. Um, so glad we had yeah. you on, Jason.
0: Yes, cool thanks I'm happy that's to be on. Thank you. Thanks for inviting. Me. Yeah. I was going to say that, but okay. Then we will also remind our listeners next week is our next installment of Winnaman in Business. Um, Should be a phenomenal show. Uh, We've got three great guests already. Um, At least one new guest, a couple of old uh, favorites Not old I'm sorry I, I would never call Women old Please Do not <laughs> oh, hurt me. oh you
1: better be careful Fred I,
0: I I, meant old In the frame of Ray t- Ray Fred And Holly um, <laughs> So there Take that Anyways um, Got a couple of, Like I said Couple of, And I'm expecting One more from Holly But um, yeah, I got she, it for you I got
2: it covered yeah, You know yeah, I do yeah.
0: You got us covered. Okay, so we'll be back next week. The other thing is is we're going to be using uh, the next week's Women in Business, hopefully, uh, to launch our first live video on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, and LinkedIn. And our website, so everyone can see the beautiful Holly take her hat off and shake her head. <laughs> she's been rocking it. I, I give her a lot of crap, um, uh, but she's been rocking it and pulling guests in, and she's gonna um make sure that we're a top ten radio show, um, in franchising at least. And yeah. heck yeah. See that? That's top rocking 10. Cool. You
2: know, I only go for number one, babe. <laughs> that's why you're
0: with Ray and Anya. Anyways, because you saw the number one. But that's good. So with that one, we'll say goodbye. Everyone's going to say goodbye. Good night, everyone.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. Have a great night. Thanks for joining us, everybody.